have more of a family conversation today. So if you're new here, typically this is a time where I'll come up and teach on something like Mark 14 for much longer. Um, but today we're gonna have more of a family conversation. All right, this is a family talk. So if you're new here, welcome. Welcome to the dinner table. We're gonna talk to our family for a little bit and uh, please keep coming back. But for the past few months, um, I've been praying and walking with a couple of other people who, who I'll introduce shortly, um, just over some things for our church family and some direction and specifically for direction for our children's ministry. Um, so um, in May, we found ourselves looking for a new children's pastor, um, really for even longer than that. And you know, before just kind of quickly moving into a hire, like putting out, hey, we're looking for a kid's minister, give us this many hours a week, and this is what it's gonna look like. Over the summer, I started walking with Carly Branifold and Mira Wasby and a couple of other people that have just been so, so crucial in our kids' ministry, and just began praying and asking God, God, what does it look like at Hillsborough Village for us to disciple and raise up children that, that know you and love you? Like, what does it look like to walk with our kids and our parents? And we just kind of came open-handed. And um, Carly Brandefold, who's gonna come up here in a couple minutes, um, was just so crucial in this process. Um, she's got her master's in divinity. She is a genius. She loves the Lord. And she has a unique, like, anointed calling where she loves kids. And I've been able to, like, kind of honestly submit to her leadership in this area and as she's just led us. And we've got a new direction that we're gonna take uh, starting today, um, how we minister and love on our children and our families. And uh, I'm really excited to tell you about it, Um, but it's gonna be a little unique. So I I just wanna invite Carly, you go and come up. Um, Give it up for Carly, she's walking up here. What up? And uh, I'm just gonna invite Carly uh, to just, just give a few words about some of the, oh, it was right here. Where did the mic go? Oh, it's right here. Thank you, hey, thank you. That's, I told, we talked about this earlier. You were gonna hand me the mic, so that was great. No, we didn't. Um, but Carly was actually our first ever kids pastor at HV. And then people decided that she should be over the kids of all of Ethos Church. And it broke our hearts and both, and made us celebrate all at the same time. So Carly oversees all of our children's ministry at Ethos Church. She's just amazing. So Carly, I'd love for you to share some of the stuff we've been talking about, the journey we've been on. And yeah, so give it up one more time because that's a good thing to do. So yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, there we go. Let me clarify that I'm not a genius. You were very kind, but I'm definitely not a genius. <laughs> um, uh, yes, my name is Carly. I am thrilled to be here with you guys today. I um, have the unique privilege of sort of hopping around from campus to campus each Sunday. Um, but today, I'm really happy to be with you guys. It's like a near-perfect day for me because, one, I'm at Hillsborough Village, and two, football is back. So I am like the best version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> if it were a sunny day, it would be, I couldn't get any better, but I'm grateful for the rain too. Uh, so as Joshua said, I had the chance to come on board the Hillsborough Village team specifically a few years ago to launch Ethos Kids at this campus. And when the time came for us to do that, I looked to Marathon and to Cannery, those are our two other campuses, um, to just pull from the wealth of knowledge and experience to learn how how do we set up a kids program? What is this supposed to look like? And uh, shortly after launching that program, I was sort of stepped into the role that I am in now where I'm hopping around some. And ever since I stepped away, from Hillsborough Village, I have felt that there is something different we could be doing here in regards to our kiddos. Uh, And so around the same time that I started here at Hillsborough Village, I began seminary to get my MDiv. And in doing so, I, um, I learned 
so much. Really, I learned all that I didn't know. But I was given a lot of insights into ministry and into discipleship and spiritual formation. And uh, what I learned um, was that I needed to understand why we were doing children's ministry the way we were doing it. it. There are good things about the way we have set up our Hillsborough Village kids ministry with classes and teachers and wonderful volunteers. But I wanted to know, why do we do it this way? Like, what is the research that tells us that this is the best model for our kids? And so over the next few years, I began to pour myself into understanding children's ministry, why we do things the way we do, um, and, and just wanting to know if there's a better way for us to connect with children and families. And so what I learned from people much smarter than myself is that most Protestant mainstream American churches today operate out of a similar model. So typically there is a Sunday school hour um, and then some uh, form of big church. So if you grew up in church, like those words big church probably elicit all these like memories of your childhood. Um, but so we don't follow that, that tradition exactly here because we don't have a Sunday school hour, but we do follow the tradition in offering big church and then age segregated classes for our kiddos across the way. And so I wanted to know um, if this was the way we should keep doing things. I wanted to be able to say with confidence, this is it. We are doing the best we can for the discipleship and the spiritual formation of our kiddos. And so I did some research and attended some conferences specifically on children's ministry. And I learned that there are many reasons why churches across the nation are set up in this particular model. Uh, but there's two that stand out to me that I want to bring to our attention today today. The first is cultural influence. So America has, as a whole has bought into the idea of segregating groups by age. So a simple example of this is just to consider the way we talk when we speak of um, children or young adults or senior citizens, we automatically are, are segregating people by age into specific demographics. And that's not a bad thing. It's just sort of embedded in, in the American culture. Um, and then another way in which the culture has influenced the church is in following suit with what schools were doing. So outside of a small pocket of children that may have a unique education environment, most kids will spend their entire education in age-segregated classrooms. The second reason churches, specifically children's ministries, <clears throat> are modeled this way is individualism. So unfortunately, American individualism is not always checked at the door when we enter church. Uh, people are largely concerned with their or their group's needs and happiness over and against the good of the whole. So I see this in observing conversations about letting children enter into the worship gathering. I see this when statements are made such as, I cannot be spiritually fed if I have to entertain my toddler. Or I could not focus on the teaching this morning because there was a crying baby in the back. And these feelings are so valid. Like I'm a kid's pastor and I've said both of those things and felt those feelings that like kids can be loud. And, and, and so I wanna just get rid of any shame or guilt you might have for feeling that way. That, that's valid. But I began to wonder if, what if there is an invitation into a new perspective rather than sitting in the feeling of frustration? The reality is individualism is hard to work against. I feel it. I feel this tension in my own life, but often we let our individualism seep so deeply into the fabric of our being that we don't even notice when it's rearing its ugly head. 
And I wonder if we took an honest look at why we like worship a certain, a, a certain way or why we pick a church in the first place, if it's less about what we believe to be, to be best for the spiritual formation of the body and more about our personal preference. So the more I began to think about why we're structured this way, I realized that nothing was particularly holding us to this model, especially if it's not the most helpful model for the kids' spiritual formation and for discipleship. So while the model is not bad in and of itself, perhaps there is something different we are being invited into. And I began to dream about what it would look like to create an intergenerational worship experience here at Hillsborough Village. What would it look like for parents to worship alongside their children? And what would it look like for children to participate in the reading of scripture? And what would it look like for kids to feel totally and absolutely welcomed in this space? And what I saw was beautiful. I saw this Hillsborough Village community being invited into intergenerational ministry. And so I turned to the Bible because I know I have seen this modeled in places throughout scripture. And while I can point you towards a variety of references all throughout the Bible, it is Jesus's words that captured me. In Matthew 19, people begin bringing children to Jesus, but the disciples rebuke those children. The disciples send those children away. But in verse 14, Jesus says, let the children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Friends, I long for us to be like Jesus in the way he encountered these children. And I think the next step in becoming more like Jesus in this area is embracing intergenerational ministry. Intergenerational ministry can be defined as when a congregation intentionally brings the generations together in mutual serving, sharing, or learning within the core activities of the church in order to live out being the body of Christ in each other and the greater community. Some of you may be asking, why does this matter? Or what does this have to do with me? What's my role in this? And first, kids, just like all people, deserve to feel a sense of belonging here. Kids need to know that they are not the church of tomorrow, but that they are a part of the church today. When we use language like church of tomorrow, we are telling kids that they do not belong yet. We should not be surprised by the number of kids who spend their entire lives in church only to turn 18 and stop going. We, you, have the opportunity to give children a sense of belonging, and that is a powerful thing. The second reason this matters has to do with discipleship and character growth. The most powerful moments of discipleship for me have not happened in formal teaching or in structured lessons. They happen when we've shared in one another's spiritual journeys. There is power in story, and being invited into someone's journey can leave a powerful mark on a person's life. American clinical psychologist Mary Pfeiffer says, if 10 14-year-olds are grouped together, they will form a Lord of the Flies culture with its competitiveness and meanness. But if 10 people ages 2 to 80 are grouped together, they will fall into a natural age hierarchy that nurtures and teaches them all. 
There is natural discipleship that happens when we come together and walk hand in hand with one another. And third, this matters to you because everyone, seniors and babies and teens and newlyweds and everyone in between is blessed by being in an intergenerational community. We do not need to bring the generations back together for the sake of the children. We need to bring the generations back together for the sake of the church. So for these reasons, if you haven't caught on yet, we have decided to change things up at Hillsborough Village. (laughs) Um, We have decided that starting today, the children will spend each Sunday in the gathering uh, with the rest of their faith community in what we are calling the playground. You might have noticed it when you walked in. Uh, They will play and dance and perhaps cry and maybe sometimes be a little loud, but they will be here. They will be here as the words of scripture wash over them. They will be here to witness people encounter God in worship. They will be here to listen to the prayers of their fellow brothers and sisters. I consider myself lucky that I have had the opportunity to spend so much time with children. I'm consistently amazed at the ways in which I see God in them. Um, If you've been here at Hillsborough Village for a while, you might recall this, but a few years ago, we started a recycling initiative. We saw that caring for creation is a call placed on the people of God, and we wanted to do our part. So um, while Big Church was invited to recycle and reduce waste, I had the opportunity to invite the kids across the way to also recycle and reduce waste. So we talked about creation and God's love for the earth. And I was really pleased that I had talked about such a like, broad topic with these kids. And I felt like they understood it. And I was feeling good about myself. And after finishing, a little girl, she was probably in first grade, she looked up at me and she said, so if God poured out his heart in creation, then when we don't recycle, are we littering on the heart of God? And I just sat down because (laughs) how do I follow that up? (laughs) She summed up everything that needed to be said theologically in this tiny sentence. Um, And and Mark 9.37 tells us that when you welcome a child, you welcome me. And when you welcome me, you welcome not only me, but you welcome the one who sent me. Friends, I am excited about welcoming children in the way Jesus talks about in that verse in Mark. And I know that in welcoming them, we will learn and grow because of the ways they encounter God creator, God redeemer, and God sustainer. Joshua is going to come up and share a little bit more about logistics and what this means for us as a church family. Thanks, Carly. Hey, praying for you as you go. Um, Carly has to head over to the cannery. She has a lot of responsibility today. So Carly, thank you for just embracing the ebb and flow of your morning today with us. And uh, man, uh, I'm so excited about this. You know, I don't know uh, about you, but for me growing up, uh, my parents did so much to make and mold who I am, but it was so often like teenagers and young adults of faith that helped me realize that loving God and, and following Jesus wasn't just the right thing to do, but it's kind of cool. 
you know? And when you're young, that kind of matters. Like, you know, it's like, is that cool? But it seems like the cool people are doing it and my parents, right? And I think something that's really, and it may sound super shallow, but something that I think is really special about our demographic is uh, potentially, I think, I think we're like the least church, our main demographic, college students, middle, mid-20s, is like the least church demographic in the nation, right? And yet here we are, like look around. And the thought to me about this conversation and this transition was about first and foremost, discipleship. And what will this do for our children and us as a family? And uh, just the thought of getting kids around people that are across the spectrum in age to just love on them, to encourage them, and just to show them Jesus um, just blew me away because uh, the intellectual backing behind this conversation that Carly's given is outstanding. I mean, people that have spent decades of their lives studying and, and pouring into ministry and church and children all point to this being a great step for the discipleship of children and, and the well-being of the family. Um, but we didn't just want an intellectual backing. We also wanted experience. And we believe God has like just divinely intersected us with a family that is gonna give us a wealth of experience. And so I wanna invite Muriel Wasby up. Um, will you guys give Muriel Wasby, if you know her, man, you know how awesome she is. So, so Muriel and her husband, Dave, Dave's back here. What's up, Dave? Uh, he's back there waving. All, he's all sweet and awesome. And um, the, the Wasby family has been here for a little over two years. And uh, from day one, they showed up and they literally came to, to Larkin and I and were like, hey, we, we feel called to be here and to invest here and to serve here. And it's one thing for some excited church people to walk up to you and go, hey, we feel called to be here and to serve. It's another thing to watch them day in and day out for the last two years actually do it, like pour their lives out. Like I've met people and they've been like, yeah, I've been coming for about three or four weeks. And I'm like, oh, I'm just meeting you. Wow, it's cool. Yeah, I just got dinner at David Muriel's house. And I'm like, okay. Okay, Dave and Muriel doing my job better than me. That's great. Oh, great. I'm glad you saw them. That's what everyone says, you know? I'm just kidding. Um, but it's such a gift. Like, they just come and just poured, it, poured into us. And Muriel has had years and years of experience. Um, she homeschooled her, her children, her three children, um, for their entire life, correct? Yeah, all the way. She spends every day, every weekday, uh, currently at Aiken Elementary School, pouring into students. Um, she has a wealth of experience in church ministry. Um, she has been involved at a church in Atlanta, that has made the transition we're making right now and has seen the benefits of it. So we're not just coming at this with intellectual backing and people saying, hey, in theory, this is a good idea. I got to walk with Muriel as well as Carly to talk about what did it look like before and after? Is it worth it? Is it a good idea? And she just spoke of the blessing of it. And so as of today, Muriel is also the kids pastor at Hillsboro Village. This is brand new information right now, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, Hey, you guys are doing great with the clapping. It's, it's, it's worth celebrating, way to go. Um, but we are just so excited. I, I feel like God has just given us a cheat code to ministry in Muriel Wasby and Dave too. It's just been so, so fun. So Muriel wanted to share a few words just from her heart and uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so from um, a very early age, um, the passage in John 21 where um, Jesus and, and Peter have a conversation and Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter is like, yes, I love you. And Jesus' response to him is, Peter, feed my lambs. And then Jesus asks him, um, asks Peter again, do you love me? And again, Peter says, yes, I love you. And Jesus says, tend my sheep. And then Jesus asks, Peter again, do you love me? And again, 
Peter says, yes, I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Um, and the one sentence or verse that really struck me was you know, he called Peter to love my lambs. And that really struck a chord in my heart ages ago. And I thought, okay, what is this going to be about? You know, I'm not married. I'm not, you know, uh, don't have children. And then eventually God has just put children and children and children into my life, thousands of them. Um, and luckily they all didn't live in my house. Um, <laughs> I could send them home. But um, anyway, um, so as the shepherd, uh, I, I see this analogy of the shepherd. He's got his flock and you've got the, the sheep, the adult sheep, and you've got the lambs. Um, and the shepherd doesn't separate those two. He doesn't say, hey, lambs, go over here. And you, sh and you adult sheep <clears throat> or juvenile sheep, you're over here. Um, <laughs> um, but he keeps every, he, he'll keep everybody um, together. And in doing so, he's protecting the lambs. Um, the sheep are surrounding the lambs, and the shepherd is keeping an eye on the flock. Um, and so as you guys are the sheep, we have lambs in our congregation. Um, they're watching um, what you're modeling as you pray, as you worship, uh, and as you look at Scripture and open the, the Bible and, and read Scripture. They're all taking that in, and um, you don't know it, but you're discipling these little little lambs. Um, and, you know, you'll hear some buying, buying, um, or, and, um, and that's okay. Um, little Sayla back there was dancing and clapping to the music, and she's, what, eight months old. You know, so wow, it's powerful for them to be in here and to be part of our congregation. And um, if you ever want to help us out, just let us know and we'll get you tagged. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I just think about my own life, you know, because the main thing for me about a conversation like this was discipleship and just how are people going to just grow in Jesus. And for me, you know, I feel like my life has absolutely been shaped by sermons and by worship gatherings. But when, when I name the people that have helped me become like Jesus the most, it's the people I just watched do life. And I could just tell that their life just reeked of Jesus. And man, this place on Sunday mornings, it reeks of the goodness of Jesus, like in the best way possible. And uh, just the thought to me of, of kids seeing that it's not just normal for their parents to love Jesus, uh, but it's pretty normal for teenagers and college students and young adults and old adults to love Jesus with all their heart. And I think this is just going to have a, an impact um, far bigger than you can imagine. And at the 11 a.m., we haven't had a, a lot of kids yet. They're, they're going to come. You're going to start seeing them more and more, especially as college start, students get older, marry each other, things start happening. Um, <laughs> So th this, this decision here is not a this month decision. This is like a, the next five years, the next 10 years, because uh, as babies come and they grow, we are going to start seeing the fruit of this. Um, and I think it's gonna be a beautiful, beautiful reality um, that they will be around just an intergenerational ministry. And so um, a few things, you know, what will this look like? Kids will sit in the back. 
Um, we actually kind of wanted them up here in the front, but speakers are loud and we want to protect their eardrums, but they'll be sitting in the back. Um, you'll see them. You can see them right now at a table. They'll have activities. Um, some of those things will be connected to what I'm teaching on. Sometimes it'll just be Play-Doh and singing and fun, which will be awesome. Um, we will continue to think through how we incorporate them in this gathering. Um, this is gonna be a learning process, so um, it may look different in two months. I don't know. We're committed to doing what's best for our family, I promise you, and, and what's best for the children. And so um, we'll be open to change. But um, what I would encourage you guys in is um, say hello to them. Get to know their names. Encourage them. Say something nice to them. Like, say something positive. If you were ever a kid and had someone, like, 15, 20 years older than you say something awesome to you, you believed it. Why? Because they're 20 years older and awesome. And so they don't lie ever. And so uh, when, when the older person goes, man, you're awesome. I'm like, he's right. I am. <laughs> like, no, I promise. Like, he's right. And so, man, and don't underestimate how powerful it is. Um, just to speak life. Hebrews 3.13, man, encourage each other daily so that your heart may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Like, speak life, encourage these kids every time you get the chance. We will have parents and volunteers who are background checked that will be directly involved in helping them. So we're not tasking you to help them in any way other than loving them and saying hello to them, but we will have volunteers who go through a process uh, and parents who will help assist them in anything that they need. So um, it is small now, I understand. Some of you are going, why, is the, why are we hearing about this? Like, because of that right there. We hear it. Love you. Amen. They're amening me. Um, it's small now, but this is a, a long-term play. I've kind of spoke on that. So what is this going to take from us? Um, loving the children, learning from the children. I think embracing the mess, all right? If, if you're like me, whenever there's noise distracting you, um, your first instinct is to silence the noise. And I totally resonate with that. Um, but we're going to embrace it, all right? We're going to learn to get comfortable with kids crying. Why? Because that's what kids do. That's what adults do, just in different ways at times. But kids cry and they poop and they run around when they're not supposed to. And it's awesome because they're kids. And we're just going to embrace it. So I would encourage you, one, have permission to feel kind of tense as you're getting used to cries at times and you're like, oh my goodness, like I can't focus. That's okay. But also invite God to check your heart um, and, and to invite into a deeper understanding of what's really going on here and even ask, how can I help? And how can I encourage? And how can I pour into this family that the whole picture um, would be healthy and not just my and my preference, okay? So that is gonna be an adjustment, I think. Um, but we need to embrace that kids are kids and we wanna encourage that. We wanna let them be children, okay? Um, so this is a part of being a family here. This is a family conversation. Um, so today you might not have left individually soul fed, you know what I mean? But hopefully you see that, man, this is a family move. I want this, my hope, my dream, my heart for this place, that we be a family that loves God, that listens for the heart of God, that seeks to love each other before we seek to love ourselves. And we're gonna walk with Jesus every step of the way and walk with one another. So um, that's all we've got for this morning. Um, my, my hope is not to like give this news to you and go, you know, deal with it. That's the decision. If you have any questions or any concerns or any hesitations, please don't hesitate. Talk to me, talk to Muriel. Um, you can talk to any of us, but please reach out. Don't, don't harbor that and hold that in, okay? Um, all right, so I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna go to communion. Over communion, I'm just gonna invite us to pray and celebrate this change um, that we're slowly gonna feel more and more. I think it's gonna be a beautiful thing. So I'll pray for us and we'll go to communion. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for Carly and just the anointing you put on her life, um, God, and her leadership. Um, thank you for Muriel Wasby. And man, just the, we could, we could not have went and found a better candidate um, to pastor our children. Um, thank you for Dave and Muriel and that family and the way they have loved and served our church. 
God, I pray over this time of communion. Um, Holy Spirit, will you lead us? Help us just to celebrate and, and to just to open our hearts and our minds for, for how we can love on kids. And, and God, we don't, this move is not so the kids benefit, but that the family benefits. And so God, help us, um, that those that aren't kids, to, to learn and to grow and to embrace uh, just what you're trying to teach us through children. Uh, I feel like children's age is where the image of God is so pure and so clear. So God, will you give us hearts to receive and see how you're trying to teach us um, through children? Um, We love you, Jesus. Uh, We pray, uh, God, uh, just a prayer of thanksgiving um, that we get to be a family here. In Jesus' name, amen.